Hey yo, this Rain DA, aka Rain61, and you tuned into my cousin them podcast where we talk about music, sports, current events, whatever the hell else we feel like. It's just me, you, my cousin them. Let's chop it up. Peace, family. This is Cuzzo Rome, and you're listening to the My Cousin Them podcast. Every week is a family reunion, and you're invited. Tap in. Yeah, this is my cousin them shit. Peace done, better known as the Marvelous Skies. I'm from Vegas, though. <laughs> Right. It's your boy Cito Dunn, aka Mikey Smooth 61. All I rep is myself and my cousin them. You smell me? Holla! Yo, yo, yo. What up, what up, what up? My cousin them podcast. You on the line with cousin X. And it's MC Quest, aka Mickey Maxwell, because I'm Maxwell. Stay tuned to my cousin them podcast and your dumbass might learn something. One. So I'm backstage, man, fabulous. 
Ben Fred Joe Star. Wow. Fucking me, fucking Sean Paul. Smoke with these niggas. Nice. All these Jamaican niggas, yeah, man. Yeah, and I, I just was, I was somewhere else. I could not come down. Like, I just was, I just remember being like, fuck, I'm high as fuck. I don't, I can't remember shit. Anyway, I'm talking to town, nigga. Like, I got all my people from high school and shit that came up, bought tickets to the show. So I, 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 had, I, had a, I had a crew. I had some support. Get up there. Like, first of all, I enjoyed the show. But backstage just ain't really, you don't really get the gist of of a performance from the side or on the back of the stage. So, like, I seen Obi Trice. I remember the lineup. Like, Fabulous, Obi Trice, Sean Paul, Busta Rhymes, 50 Cent. And then after 50 Cent, it was like Jay and, you know, the whole Rockefeller crew, right? We got to perform right after 50 Cent. Jack. So, like, a lot of people had already, you know what I'm saying? It was already lit. So, I remember missing, like, 50 Cent and G Unit because knowing that we were coming on next, they needed us backstage. Yeah, I seen Sean Paul and I seen, I'm sorry, Buster is still the best live performer. Let me say that right now. Buster is the best live performer I've ever seen. He, he just puts on a fucking show. So I seen Buster from the front, you know, the front row and Obi Trice and, you know, but like when 50 came on, all the like, you know, the, the people came and got us to go backstage. I'm still high as shit, bro. I can't, I'm trying to like remember what the hell I'm trying to spit, but it just wasn't, I kind of came up with a few bars. Anyway, we go out there, I'm nervous, bro. I'm not even going to lie, bro. 17,000 people, this ain't like... Balling in a basement or a nigga garage where it may be like six or seven people, 10, or at school where it may be 30, 40 to 100, a talented nigga. It's 17,000. This is a full basketball arena full of, you know, fucking concert goers. And yeah, I'm flying fresh to death and I had fans and shit, but I still was so fucking blowed that I didn't know what that, and I, I'm gonna yeah, say they put on. The flip side B, or I knew it was a Rockefeller. I knew they were rock. Oh boy, that's what beat they put on. It was Oh boy. Okay. Yeah, Cameron and uh, Jewels. Right. That was the beat we rapped over, and I think I went first. I can't remember. I I want to say I went first, but I kind of, I probably did go like now. I just remember like, dude just wasn't. He didn't have no stage presence. He probably was saying a few, uh, like, witty things, but he was older than me. I remember I was 17. He was probably, like, 25, 26. Okay. And I just remember having some shit. I can't tell you anything I said. I knew I had the crowd. I had some dope metaphors. I had some jokes. It was like, it was, you know, I ain't gonna sound body the nigga, but I was clearly more talented, and, and I was fresh to death. So... Of course, I won, and, and, I went, and I went in the front row and got to see fucking, you know, Gang Green, Rockefeller. It's around the time of Blueprint 2 came out, so mm. seen Twister, seen Freeway, mm. Young Guns, and this is the time, like, him and Beyonce, Beyonce was there and shit. Nice. 
It was a dope ass fucking concert, bro. Yeah, that's you know? fire. Hell <laughs> yeah, yeah. see, fire. weak and shit. Like the the experience was like, and then I got my Rockefeller trophy, which I just literally, I just fucking threw away, which is dumb. What? That was just yeah, man. I I have no idea where my trophy is, but I'm pretty sure I chucked it. Anyway, so I'm talking like I said, I'm toasting town, dude. Like. Like, my ex was trying to get back at me, both of them, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just couldn't do no wrong. So, like, mind you, this 2004, like, I ain't had cell phones. Yeah, they was out, but, like, it was really for, like, adults and shit, nigga. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had, like, I didn't have a cell phone like that. And this was beyond danger, so, unless you was, like, a rich kid or some shit, like, ain't nobody really had no cell phone on the hip. So I guess I was supposed to wait for a callback from whatever promoter was doing like that. Because what it was, it's like all the winners from every city was supposed to re-audition and do like a little, like a battle royale, which ended up being that reality show that they had, the Rock the Mike shit, where John Brown and, and I forgot the nigga from Detroit, but all of them, or oh, Blind Fury Blind was on. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. was uh, supposed to be on that fucking reality show, but this is how my version go. I really felt like it probably, it wasn't my best performance. Like I said, I was high as but I got off. But I just really felt like they just kind of shitted on Vegas, yo. Or maybe because I wasn't old enough, but I didn't get a phone call. And even if I did, like, what am I supposed to sit at my mom's crib all day and wait for a phone call? Because the way I was told is, like, I win the battle, I get a deal at Rockefeller. So everybody in the city thought I was on, thought I was finna get signed. Shit, I thought I was finna get signed. Like, I was I was on a high. And then, you know, that phone call never came. Like, I still bump in. I was still bumping into people five, six, seven, ten years later. Like, no, whatever happened to you getting signed to Rock? I was like... And that's probably what made me throw that fucking trophy away. Because I didn't really... Because I didn't give a shit about winning a battle. I thought I was going to get signed to my favorite... You know, Rockefeller niggas. Like, we was right. huge Rockefeller fans. So I really thought I was going to get signed to Rock. And when that shit didn't happen, I guess I got bitter about it. And that shit just ended up being a paperweight. But looking back on it, I wish I had it. Yeah, I did that, nigga. This is... These right. are my fucking... These are my accolades. This is what proves that I'm a battle nigga from, I'm old school. Like, I remember this. Is, had the Rockefeller symbol on it, Rock the Mic Tour 2004. And so anyway, never got the call. Um, And I just really think they just kind of like, Vegas ain't had no. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I just think I just got overlooked. Or, like, Maybe they did fucking call and nobody picked up the phone. Who the fuck knows? But the experience alone was worth it because I don't even think Facebook was popping like that. I mean, MySpace was like popping heavy. Like there's, like nobody had a camera. And I, I don't even, like, it was just an experience. You just had to be there. Nobody had a fucking camera phone or nothing like that, nigga. It was just an experience and it was dope. It was amazing and I guess on the only letdown about it is like, cause radios fly, man. They tell you what they want to like promote their radio station, and this was Wild One Hundred Two, which was only a radio station for like two years. I went on it. I went on the. Uh, I did it. 
a radio station the day after, the night after, whatever. You know, talked about my experience, and, you know. And supposedly, that's where I found out, like, Joe told me off air. He was like, yeah, man, it was like, it was a chance at a Rockefeller, you know, contract. Like, you know, like, well, damn, y'all didn't say that, but I'm not going to act like that was going to deter me from the opportunity. I just threw a verse on the radio and everybody voted for shit. And I was able to go to a fucking rock the mic tour for free and meet a lot of fucking idols of mine and fucking nigga chew a nigga up live on stage in front of 17,000. Like, nigga, that was, that was an experience. The beauty of life is defined by experience. And that was one of my favorite experiences, regardless of what came out of it. Okay. I did get a lot of pussy off of that shit, too. So I guess that was, it was fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was live. Okay. Just, you That's know. Fire. That's but, So, but you mean to tell me, so it's probably a nigga walking around that's trash that have found your trophy telling niggas that he didn't want to rock the mic tournament like for years now. That nigga probably got that shit. Nigga been telling niggas stories like, yeah, y'all ain't even know. I was dope. I don't even rap no more. The nigga trash. Like, trash, trash. Honestly, I really think that the trophy was trash, trash. I want to put it in a dumpster. I don't even think I just chucked it anywhere. I really think I just threw the mother... Because it was, like, in my room forever, and I just remember looking at it one day, like... Man, because this was around the time the reality show was on with Blind Fury and all them. Man, fuck them. They just shitted on Vegas. And I think I just threw that shit away. Got tired of looking at it. I don't think I just, like, left it for somebody to pick up. But if somebody did find it, they work for the fucking sanitation. Hell nah, nigga, the same. And so, so the the significance of Bombay, my opponent. This is how uh, small this is. So years later, I ended up getting in touch with this producer. See, see, my story is like I would always like find somebody that hurt. And they'd have a studio, and they made beats, and they had some sort of setup. And I always, I never paid for studio time. I always was able to record for free. So I'd be with this crew, and I'd be with them, and I'd be with them. Never signed shit, but I always found somebody that liked my, you know, liked my raps enough to like, okay, then let's do something. So, a couple years down the line, like 2006, right? Right. And we run into this, like, this producer's name was uh, Stick Dunn. And he liked my shit. And then, like, we go into his spot, and I run into the Bombay nigga. And I'm like, oh, you the one? And then, like, he was, like, salty when he seen me kind of, like, saying it. Like, oh, well, I was like, okay, well, we can battle again. And watch him again. <laughs> you feel me? Like, this is no fluke, nigga. I'm really... I'm really one of them niggas on this mic, bro. Like, for real, for real. And, um, okay, so fast forward 10 years after that. So my boy Dre, ex-girl, friend, and, like, you know, they was live-in, boyfriend, girlfriend. She had kids, he had kids. And then, like, her baby daddy or her youngest baby daddy was Bombay. I was like, how fucking small... And so I would, like, see this nigga again, even 10 years after. I was like, this is so... Vegas was a small city like that, so it was three separate cases I kept running into dude. But he cool as fuck, you know what I mean? I just, like, I'm not 
disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, but I think like what kind of made me like fall back from like pursuing this rap shit is 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 uh fervently as I used to. It's like I didn't want to be like the 35, 36 year old nigga still holding on a dream from 20 years ago. I wanted to be a rapper for a living when I was in high school probably a little bit after. I think my my idea of rapping for a living kind of died with active ENT. Not saying it's dollar PR fault, but like that was like a move where I thought shit was going to crack and when like that kind of didn't, I just kind of was like, all right, man, I'm like 26 now. It's time to get a fucking job, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like it, it was one thing not to make money off your shit because I never gave a fuck about money. But it was another thing entirely to lose money trying to chase your dream. I'm like Hell taking yeah. on $200 worth of tickets and may sell two. So I just paid $180 to fucking perform in my own. It's like, yeah, it just kind of, it kind of killed the dream for me, man. And that ain't got nothing to do with, you know, PR dollar. It, you know, it's just like, it became work. And I didn't like it. It wasn't a passion anymore. It became a job. It became work. And, you know, that kind of like, you know, say it rubbed me the wrong way. Because I made a lot of good music in California. A lot of good shit. Wrote a lot of shit in prison. Recorded it when I got out. Wrote new shit. You know, Sidetrack came from that. You know, The Dope, Leroy. I made a lot of high tracks during that period. But, you know, the higher learning period and the active ANC, like, these are all part of my experience as an MC. But, um, yeah, man, I just I just thought the idea of chasing is... And you know what? I know for a fact if I, like, decided to do it, yeah, like, YouTube is popping now. Like, you don't... As long as you put in the work, you got the creativity, and you need a team, man. Like, yeah... Like, you could do it by yourself, but that shit is hard, bro. You need a team. You need a, a fucking... A, there's always a team. There's always a producer, a manager that you don't see. Yeah, motherfucking independent because he ain't signed to a major label. He ain't got a big machine behind him. But there's always a crew that you may may or may not see. Don't nobody do it by their fucking self. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And like... To this day, my goal has always been the same in rap. I don't give a fuck if I make a single rap dollar, even if these goofy niggas is getting rich off trash-ass hip-hop. The only thing I ever gave a fuck about as far as what I wanted to get out of rapping is for, like, the niggas I respect, the other MCs, the other lyricists to be like, yo, that nigga from Vegas, Skyce, that nigga's nice. That's all I gave a fuck about was, was the respect of my peers and contemporaries. I give a shit about bitches and fans and money and, and, and fame. I, that shit never appealed to me. I'm like a soul skater, nigga. I'm like Brink. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, this sh- nigga brought up a Brink reference, yo. <laughs> hey, that movie was fired, oh, yo, back in the day. Bro, yo, Disney kid. movie reference, nigga. I ain't even gonna hold you. Thanks for that shit. <laughs> Like, I fuck the sponsorship, nigga. Like, the soul skaters, nigga. Like, I do this shit from, for the heart. Like, and and no disrespect to, like, 
Like, and I think that's one of the reasons why I started popping shit, not trying to disrespect Kendrick, but sometimes when motherfuckers get, like, a vibe, like a huge, huge commercial following, I don't care how hard you try, there's going to be a level of, just a level of contemporary styling to your, to your artistry that whether you want it to be that way or not, it's just going to happen because of how famous you are. Like, oh my God! No, it's true. It's it's deadly true. Kendrick does not go out his way in the beginning. There was no attempt to make a radio single. I didn't. Even, it just wasn't. I didn't. I didn't even say nothing. I think Cito might have came off mute, but but yeah, the story's over though. Uh, Cito, X, y'all can come off now. I know, I know Cito I, was dying to say some shit. Say that, my nigga, yeah. come on. <laughs> I knew he was dying to say some shit. What, he, what, you, hey, what did you say, It was say, like Lupe Lasers. Like, what? What did Which you I say, Cito? I actually love the Lasers album. I don't give a fuck. A lot of people don't. Yeah, but yeah, I love the dope. Lasers album. That shit dope as fuck. Hey, it's his most contemporary, nigga, but that's awake? just dope. What's up? X, why are you awake? Hey, yo, ATL X in the building. Typing in the chat, <laughs> he was mad about you throwing away yeah, that trophy. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nigga. Yeah, dumbass, nigga, throwing your trophy away. Get <laughs> That's that's how it's much I give a fuck about fame, and like I, it was always about the art, man. It still is, but I, I do hey. regret. I do regret that. That's like kind of like throwing away a fucking diploma. Like, what well, did like did it happen? Did you graduate? <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, hey, 
hey, 15 years later, my nigga, I'm sorry. Nah, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. That's dirty. <laughs> that was dirty, bro. <laughs> I said it was a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said I did not want to go by myself. <laughs> 